I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You're listening to the Circe Podcast Network. I'm Joshua Gibbs, and this is Proverbial, the podcast where we explore the wisdom of the ages as it comes to us in Proverbs, by which I mean wise sayings a man may live by if he's not so arrogant as to think himself special. Episode 86 the merciless, clandestine society that rules the world. Today's proverb is unattributed. I'll read it twice. You know what they say. Once more. You know what they say. You know what they say is both a preface to many proverbs, but it's also a proverb itself. There is a silent or an assumed, you know what they say, in front of many proverbs. You know what they say, the grass is always greener on the other side. You know what they say, like father, like son. And you might not say you know what they say before reciting a proverb, but it's assumed. You know what they say can also stand in for many proverbs. There's a proverb that always follows you know what they say. And in that way, you know what they say is, it's possible to use this as a, an ellipsis for any proverb that might follow it up. It's a way of saying, you know what they say, is a way of declaring this is a situation where proverbial wisdom explains everything. 
So you might hear a story that goes like this. Well, he drank a lot while they were dating and she found out. She wanted him to quit before they married and he said he would, but you know what they say. With that conclusion, with that final remark, you don't need to be explicitly told that he did not quit drinking. You don't even need to hear the proverb which follows it because you know that the proverb that follows, you know what they say, is going to be about the fact that people don't change or the fact that talk is cheap or that people in love are desperate and will say just about anything. You know this even though the story doesn't have to end that way. Technically, the story could go like this. Well, he drank a lot while they were dating, and she found out. She wanted him to quit before they married, and he said he would. But you know what they say. When it rains, it pours. So he not only quit drinking, he quit smoking, he quit his phone, he quit social media, he quit everything. The story doesn't go like that, though. Because you know what they say means that what probably happens or what usually happens does happen next. And this is because Proverbs are about what probably usually happens. Now, on occasion, I'm sure you've heard this sort of thing before. Occasionally, people make like their Sherlock Holmes or Socrates because they want to probe the identity of they. Have you ever heard someone do this? When someone does not like what they say, that someone says, who are they? I've never met they. Who are they responsible to, huh? Who elected they? king of the whole world such that they get to push me around and they get to determine the shape of my life. These are incredibly foolish questions, though. You want to know who they are? You know who they are. They are the people you pass at the grocery store. People who don't know you and don't have any special reason to forgive you or like you or to interpret your actions and your words and your appearance generously. The next time you're at the grocery store, the next time you're looking around at a stoplight at the people driving their cars beside you, behind you, you're going to see a black guy in his 20s who's wearing designer sneakers and a St. Louis Cardinals baseball hat. That guy is they. Then you're going to walk by or see a gaggle of 14-year-old girls who are making TikTok videos and laughing about the fact that they're, I don't know, at the grocery store buying pineapple juice. Those girls are they. You're going to walk by a 52-year-old woman with short, spiky gray hair who's wearing a clerical collar and works at the Episcopalian church down the street. She's dead. So is the Presbyterian dad wearing cargo shorts and monarchs. They're all 
they. They don't know you. That's what makes them they. If they knew you, you would know them and they wouldn't be they. They'd be Harold and Tom and Lisa. But you don't know they. That's what makes them they. They don't know you. And because they don't know you, they don't judge you leniently. They have no reason to. They have no special obligation to you. If they judge you leniently, they don't get anything out of it. Your friends do. You and your friends exist in a relationship where you judge each other leniently, and that's what keeps the friendship afloat. They're nice to you. They have a reason to be nice to you. But they don't have any special reason to be nice to you. That's what makes them they. They pass you in the store, and you are not worthy of their consideration. They forget about you two seconds later. Who are they? They are the people who determine if you're fat or not. These are the people who determine if you're beautiful or not. These are the people who make judgments about you based on how you present yourself, based objectively on how you present yourself. Your loved ones tell you you're not fat, you're just big boned. But you know, so do they. You tell yourself you're better than average looking. But you know, you know what they know. Most people can see the world from the perspective of they, if they try. They call them the way they see them. They call a spade a spade. And the reason why they call a spade a spade is because they have nothing to lose in calling a spade a spade. And they have nothing to gain in calling a spade a club. They don't have a dog in the fight of your life. If you had to make monetary bets, if you had to make cash bets on things being the way they appeared, you would bet they were. <laughs> if you had to make monetary bets, if you had to lay green money on things either being or not being the way that they looked, you would bet they were the way they looked. Over a hundred bets, you would lose a few, but you would win way more than you would lose. And that's what they know. They don't have any reason to bet differently on you. They aren't worried about hurting your feelings. You know what they say. You know what those people who don't care about hurting your feelings say. 
That's who they are. They are the people who don't care about hurting your feelings. They are not your friends. Which is why there's normally something sort of brutal that follows, you know what they say. Most proverbs are brutal. Most proverbs don't make you feel good because the people who speak proverbs are not your friends. They're not your enemies. Proverbs are disinterested. Proverbial wisdom is disinterested in your life. It doesn't despise you. It doesn't hate you. Proverbial wisdom simply has no reason to cheer for you. No special reason to cheer for you just because you're you. And that's the reason why you cheer for yourself, because you're you. They are people who don't care about your feelings. They have nothing to lose in hurting your feelings, but they have a lot to gain by being indifferent to your feelings. Again, there's something brutal about calling them the way you see them. We always want things to be better than they look. Or not always, but we want our things to be better than they look. It's only on rare occasions that we want things to be exactly how they look. Most of the time we want our things to be, or to be thought of as better than they look. Right now, as I'm recording this show, I'm wearing a sweater I bought that cost $10. It was on sale. And you know why I bought this sweater for $10? Because I thought it looked better than $10. I thought the sweater looked better than the price tag. They sit at a distance. They refuse to listen to us. You cannot reason with they. As soon as you start reasoning with they, they are not they anymore. As soon as you start reasoning with they, they become your friends or your enemies. As soon as you know the names of they, they're not they. You know what they say is the premise to many Proverbs. You know what your friends say is not the premise to any Proverbs. Now, I think the most vexing part, the most vexing part of you know what they say is not the they, but the you know. The second most vexing part of you know what they say is the word say. It's not you know what they think. And it's certainly not you know what your friends think because you don't know what your friends think. You want to. You wish you knew beyond a doubt what people who know of you think of you. Occasionally, my students try to break the fourth wall as though they can get into my head. <laughs> they say things like, 
What do you really think of me? If I told you the answer to that question, you wouldn't believe me. You'd think I was holding something back. That I was being nice. Or that I was being exceptionally cruel. We take the word of our friends on faith. And that faith can be very vexing. We want to know what's going on in the heads of people we love. But the act of loving them, the moment that you start loving them, means you don't know what they think anymore. There's an aspect of their thought that's forever cut off from you in loving them. You know what they say. You don't know what your friends think, though. When your friends are not your friends yet, and your friends are they, then they are easy to understand. But when you become friends with somebody, you're forever wondering how much the friendship has altered their thoughts of you. You know what they say because you know what you say about the people at the supermarket on the drive home. And you know what you think of the people. You know what you think and you know what you say about the people that you pass at the supermarket. You say to your wife on the drive home, did you see that couple buying bacon back at the store? How does a guy who looks like that marry a woman who looked like her? You don't just think these things. You say them. And you care what they think. You care what they think because you care what you think. You don't make yourself look presentable for a trip to the grocery store because you're worried about running into your friends there. That might be in the back of your head. But you want to impress they. And you want to impress they because if you can impress they, or if you can see yourself from the perspective of they, if you can adopt their perspective and be impressed with you, you can be impressed with you. And I'm not saying that people don't want to impress their friends. They do. And there's a certain kind of triumph in impressing your friends. But we often, when it's not tinged by envy or jealousy, we want to impress our friends because we want to delight them. But you're not trying to delight they. You are trying to impress they. If you can impress people who are not obligated to be impressed by you, like your friends are, you can think highly of yourself objectively. They are merciless because they are objective. Mercy is subjective.
things do not offer mercy. Concepts do not offer mercy. A concept has never broken anyone out of jail. A concept has never lifted anyone out of poverty. Only God and the image of God can offer mercy. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.